0: on this episode we get to talk with Zach Simons of Northwestern University Uh, he's doing some incredible work up in Illinois Uh, and again when we talk about um, pushing the boundaries on what sports field managers are capable of um, Zach actually installed a uh, iron cutter Bermuda grass uh, football field uh, which has never been done uh, that far north in the United States before. Um, and it truly is incredible because with the way things are done and he needed to, uh, again, implement his growth pattern and he was sprigging it and within 12 weeks, I think he was saying, uh, Division One sports, Division One football was on the field. And if you watched any of those games or any of those highlights, that field played beautifully and he did an incredible job. Um, but we got to dive into all those things and everything that he takes care of at Northwestern. At such an incredible university here in the United States, it's just uh, incredible to hear what he has going on and truly what he's accomplishing. At again, such a high level, and and it's just truly an honor to get the opportunity to talk to him. And it was great having that chance, and we really appreciate Zach taking the time. Um, and look forward to uh, talking to him in the future about everything uh, after his experience. You know, when it comes to running Bermuda grass that far north um so we hope you enjoyed this episode of Tiger Turf Talk welcome back to the 97th episode of Tiger Turf Talk I'm your host with your co-host Liz Rice and producer Dakota Garber today we have on the director of sports turf and grounds at Northwestern University Mr. Zach Simons how are you doing this afternoon
1: I'm doing well how are you
0: Oh, you know, we're 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 working with technology that we apparently don't know, so that's always good. <laughs>
1: exactly. But
0: um, I'm so excited to talk to you about what you have going on. Obviously, you are pushing the boundaries of what I mean, sports field management truly is. Um, so, you, just to give everybody a little backstory, you installed an iron cutter Bermuda grass in the heart of Chicago, which is Illinois, on the northern part of the United States could you sort of talk to us about what kind of went into that decision and why you sort of was like, you know what, we're going to do it. And we're going to see how this goes and just be that sort of pioneer. That's bringing Bermuda grass to the great North, you know?
1: Yeah. So uh I'm going to go back a few years before, like to, to lead up to that. So I started at Northwestern in July of 2017. Um And and our our football field, it was a cool season, Kentucky bluegrass, perennial ryegrass mixture on type of sand. Um, it was last resodded in 2003. So it has become predominantly perennial ryegrass over, you know, that 20 years now. So uh, 2017, my first season, I think the field played well for the first few games. And then some chunking now started to happen in October. And then in 2018, My first, like, full year, a lot of chunking out happened. So we started looking for solutions, um, and uh, we ended up doing some dry ejecting to try to, to stabilize the sand that was there. So we did that three times for the 2019 season, and the field played better, and we thought we, like, had a solution and played well again in 2020. But in 2020, our first game was also October 24th. And then last year, 2000 or 2021, like after three years of dry ejecting, we had the worst chunking out that we've had so far. So I'm looking for solutions to try to to solve this issue, to create a stable surface. And last year we find out that um, we're going to get a new stadium that after the 2023 season, the current stadium is going to be torn down and, so we only have two seasons left in the current stadium um, and which is talking beautiful with by why my...
0: your new stadium looks beautiful by the way uh,
1: thank you. And then then talking with like the director of facilities, you know we have to do something and you know with like well you need to you know, figure out a solution without like spending that much money. so like society' is not really an option so you either have to like phrase my own seed, or you could phrase me on sprig, and knowing this season that our schedule was front loaded, that I was concerned of seed of work. So, um, I had I had like seen what or paid attention to what Field Source Ohio is doing, Ryan DeMay in Columbus, where That's you know great. they're sprigging high school football fields and they're playing on them like every day for two months. Um Before I got to Northwestern, I worked for a company called Jandy Turf out of indianapolis and in twenty seventeen we transitioned a field from cool season to to Northbridge in lafayette and well, they played on it every day from September to October, and the field played well. So I started looking at temperatures in Evanston Chicago area compared to like Lafayette, Indiana, like Indianapolis, even a place like Blacksburg, Virginia. And it's like, well, wait a second, we're just as hot, if not hotter in July and August as those places, but we get, we cool down faster. And with our location being in the heart of the city and so close to Lake Michigan um, in the fall, our times are actually a little bit warmer than a place like Lafayette or a place out in the country because they're the, the urban heat island and Lake Michigan, you know, keep our nighttime temps, you know, slightly, slightly warmer. So I mean, even today, I was just looking before we got on and we haven't hit 32 degrees yet overnight. We've only been down to like 35 um, because we're in the city. We've already
0: hit 32, Uh, so that's awesome.
1: So it's like, well, you know, this is possible. I think this is possible. And we only have one winter to get through, you know. So it's not like we're doing this every year. So it's like I'm, I'm willing to do this giant experiment to that I'm really confident will work. And uh and so far it's worked out great so far.
0: Yeah. And I love how you said experiment, because it truly is, you know, it's something that no one really knows other than maybe Orion DeMay, you know, uh when it comes, to, especially when you're talking, I love how you're talking about the lakefront. Uh my fa- I have family in Chicago. So like I you're speaking like it is gets very, very hot and humid over the summer from the times that I visited and being able to see that and sort of see what you've done is truly incredible. Um, what was sort of the process once you made that decision sort of dove right in uh, Sprigging is not common in college sports, you know? Um, so what was that sort of decision-making process? And uh, could you sort of go through what the actual um, sprigging planning timeout, I think you had a game 10 weeks after you sprigged, correct?
1: Uh, 12 weeks. Okay. So so he, yeah, that'd be great. Sorry. We knew that we knew Sonny wasn't an option because of the cost. So then it was, okay, let, let's figure out what variety to go with. And, uh, spoke with Brian at Purdue. I went down to Purdue last October to see his, he had a little plot of to home on a plot of iron cutter, like right next to each other, asked him some questions, you know, spoke to some people throughout the, the midwest you know on their thoughts um and eventually decided to go with iron cutter and it turns out it was actually the closest bermuda to us uh, the sod farm we purchased it from columbia illinois just outside of st louis is closer than the closest to Homa, which was in southern indiana so um yeah so we knew we couldn't We like just for cost reasons like sprigging was the most effective option and then talking with adam russell with mountain view seeds um we came to a thousand bushels per acre rate i thought about going a little bit higher um but adam you know said it should be good at that amount so then so northwestern is a is the school that's on the quarter system so so fall classes don't start until september 20th but then the spring quarter doesn't end until like june Eighth, something like that. So the second weekend in June, we host graduation inside the football stadium. So, so we we put out terraplast, you know, forty to fifty thousand square feet over the field. Field's eighty thousand square feet, so like half the the field is covered with terraplast, roughly. So we know, like, okay, we can't do anything for that. So then I I look, you know, in between graduation and the first football game. Okay, we have twelve weeks, and looking at how long it took for us to do a, a grown in, in Lafayette in 2017 and how long the Ryan DeMay's growns were taking. It was like, okay, 10 weeks. All right. We have 12 weeks. This should work. And, you know, August is, you know, at least the past couple of years, it's been really hot in late August or, so you know, we're, we should be good up until that point. Um, so that, that's, you know, how we, you know, just like we lucked out that our first home game wasn't until after Labor Day this year too so like that 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 helped us out too and
0: and from what i've seen because i've paid close attention to like the games and the playability you know it's been incredible i mean like you said like it has played so well um and from what we see on television and pictures after the game there really isn't much damage at all um what has been sort of your experience through the season obviously what game are you guys in right now you just had one last week. We've played four
1: games. Okay. And you have six in total. Correct. So, we had three in a row in September. We had a week off. Then October 8th we hosted Wisconsin. Right now we're in a four-week break. We host Ohio State. I think it's November 4th or 5th. It's it's whatever the first Saturday in November is. And then we host Illinois the last Saturday, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Gotcha.
0: Perfect. Um, so you knew going in, obviously it gets pretty cold and, uh, thank God you guys haven't hit 32 yet, which is awesome. Um, because we're, we're actually going to be removing our field. So we didn't oversee. So it's nice and brown right now. So, um, (laughs) nice and dormant. Um, what has been sort of your prep for this winter, you know, going in, uh, not just for years to come, but just sort of the rest of the season in that late November game.
1: Right. So we have grow covers and um, we we actually had to use those during the growing process. We had a mild summer, which wasn't helpful. It seemed like we kept getting North winds off the lake. So we're a mile from Lake Michigan. We kept, our days kept being like 78, 79. It's like, it's, you know, it felt wonderful out, but I'm like, I wish it was 85. So we actually had to use those in August. Um, for probably 10 days out of a 14 day period to like push the final grow in. Um, so so we used the grow covers for six days in between number, game number three and game number four, like when we had that break to to push some recovery because after three in a row, on like 15 week old Bermuda grass, and then it'd been overseeded. Like nothing was really growing at that point. So like covers went back on, push some growth. And then last week, um, so we seeded again and uh, the covers went back on on Thursday. I'll I'll probably take them off for this weekend because we're going to get in the 70s. So it will give us a chance to cut, touch up logos, top dress. Um, But I've also been overseeding. So put out a pallet of perennial ryegrass, um, 30 pounds per thousand. You know, we started in, in August 24th with the first seeding. I didn't. And then so that was two and a half weeks before the first game. And then after the first. So I didn't see going into the first game because it was so dense. It's like, well, <laughs> I don't have the right type of seater anyways to do this correctly. Yeah. Like I have to broadcast. I just don't have the right equipment. But so I, I after the Duke game, I was like, OK, it'll get thinned out a little. We can get seed in there. So I see after the Duke game after game number t- two and then more like a, uh, like a higher seeding rate after game number three and then top dress that in. And then I put out the rest of the seed after the Wisconsin game and I'll, I just like brushed and work that in and then I'll top dress again this weekend. So using blankets to try to, to keep the soil temps up. Um, we're using you know overseeding and i'm also you know going to use you know paint or pigment if i have to just to keep color for tv you gotta do it you
0: know yeah. <laughs> everyone says it's cheek no it's not <laughs> it's industry practice everybody you know <laughs> um yeah. with everything obviously it's been a big again experiment everything's going great could you sort of discuss uh, the rest of your facilities sort of what you're covering uh what type of grass you're growing uh and sort of just the overall, uh, facility that you're managing at Northwestern.
1: Right. Okay. So we have two natural grass surfaces, our football stadium and our softball field. Um, so 110,000 square feet of like maintained natural grass, softballs, Kentucky bluegrass, football is now Bermuda grass field. But, um, only 64,000 of that is Bermuda grass. I kept the perimeter cool season grass um, because that, that wasn't the issue. It was a plain surface. So we kept the perimeter cool season and just made the field Bermuda. And then we have a lot of artificial turf. So we have two campuses. The athletics campus is a mile inland. And then the, the, the main campus, Northwestern, sits on Lake Michigan. So on the athletics campus, we have our baseball field, which is all artificial there's an indoor facility there next to the baseball field where softball uses as well. It's like a 20,000-square-foot like a turf field completely netted where they can hit live, five indoor cages, um, baseball, six turf mounds in there. Uh, we built a, a clay mound for softball to pitch off of in the wintertime in there. That's used – basically, they use it all the time, basically except in June and July. And then on the lakefront, we have – our soccer lacrosse field, which is next to our practice football field. But football also practices on the soccer lacrosse field, so we have to paint lines and erase those every single week um, just because we're so landlocked. And those are artificial turf. There's a, a field hockey field that sits next to that. And then a giant indoor, 100,000-square-foot artificial turf indoor field, which is used by every single sport say everyone under the sun rec and well and also so our our recreation is part of our athletic department so rec uses the indoor for intramurals they also use the outdoor soccer practice football field for intramurals the band practices on the the football field that's by the lakefront um so it's used by many different people like throughout the year and then we're also our ground staff is a facility staff so we help inside the arena doing changeovers setting up for wrestling setting up for volleyball um, we we have two big fencing meets in our indoor football building every single year so we we lay down 50,000 square feet of terraplast help fence get the fencing strip set up so that happens every october and february um, so so there's a lot that we do just besides the natural grass and the ground
0: Absolutely. Um, now it sounds like there's a lot going on, a lot to manage, uh, who makes up your staff. Um, and obviously you sort of discussed a little bit, sort of the responsibilities of setting up, getting everything ready for things from wrestling events, obviously to football games. Um, what is sort of the overall facility, uh, management of you and your staff?
1: Well, there's four of us that are full-time and, um, so I main I primarily oversee the 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 athletics campus. There's another person who primarily oversees Lakefront campus, and there's like two guys that jump back and forth and help us that are the full-time employees. But then we also have six to eight part-time employees that we bring in as well, and they help us clean up, do garbage, help maintain the facilities, cut grass, uh string trim, et cetera, throughout the year. So so there's, you know, probably 10 to 12 of us for at least nine months out of the year uh, that are doing the ma- maintenance and we're split up between the two campuses and based on what sport, you know, needs the most work at that time. That's where we're spending most of our time.
0: Absolutely. Um, I think you said a few years ago is when you first started at Northwestern. Um, could you sort of talk to us sort of how you found the turf industry, how you got to this point in your career? Uh, different opportunities that you've had in your career, and true, just what sort of, again, brought you to Northwestern and, again, doing incredible things like the Bermuda field?
1: So, um, well, in high school, like as in my senior year, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, I played a lot of baseball at that time, and baseball was important to me. And um, we were on vacation, and my aunt had brought up you know, she had seen a story about David Miller and like how he would, you know, become the groundskeeper for the Boston Red Sox, et cetera. And like at that time, you know, it's like, oh, like I, you know, my favorite sports team is the St. Louis Cardinals. So like at that time, I'm thinking, oh, I could be like a groundskeeper for the St. Louis Cardinals. So um, so my senior year going into my like freshman year of college, I you know, I figure out okay, I, that's what I want to do. I went to junior college in my hometown of Quincy, Illinois, uh, for a year and a half. Uh, I played baseball the first year, um, and I did some horticulture gen eds. And then um, during that freshman year, I figured out, like, where I wanted to go. And um, so I ended up, you know, deciding on Iowa State, Um, good turf program, only four hours from my hometown. So transferred up there in 2009 midway through the year and uh so I started working on golf courses um my first turf job was working at the municipal golf course in Quincy Illinois and the superintendent actually a family friend I played baseball with his son and the superintendent's brother played baseball with my uncle so like he knew I was going into turf and he was you know giving me lots of different jobs on the golf course lots of different opportunities and um would take me under his wing and you know explain like why some stuff was being done so i had that idea at least going when i transferred to iowa state and then my first internship i interned at arcadia bluffs in northern michigan um a high-end public course that sits on the shores of lake michigan um, in northern michigan which was a great opportunity and then i decided i wanted to, to give sports surf a try so I did, I interned for the Iowa Cubs um, for a summer. And then, so then that was my, the end of my undergraduate, um, towards the end of my undergraduate, Tim Van Lee arrived at Iowa State. And I decided I wanted to do this master of agriculture program, or I could like have a part-time job on campus and do like a grad program type thing. So. I actually did two summers as an intern for the Toro company working in their cat department and worked with um, like a mobile sensing device that you drive across a golf course and take readings and, and some other stuff with that. Like they have two agronomists on staff and I was their intern for two summers. But then during the school years, that's when I work, you know, started working for the Iowa state athletic department. And that's what, you know, one led me to to enjoy like college athletics and you know want to go down that route. So then after college, I was a head groundskeeper at uh, in Lyle, Illinois, at a Benedictine Sports Complex, which is a D3 college. Then after that, I moved to Indianapolis, worked for G&D Turf as the maintenance person where I'd go around and spray and fertilize, airfy, top dress, et cetera but it would also help with some construction projects. So I, I got to see both sides of that, get a lot of experience with lots of different maintenance practices and products. And then the opening at Northwestern happened. Tim Van Lee had come from Northwestern. So there was a connection there and, and that like helped open the door here.
0: I love that. I love how you are talking about how, uh, you got every single aspect in your work, you know, working for Toro, seeing that side of things, the field construction is such a big thing. Obviously, making the decisions to go and spray uh, and everything. So it it's truly awesome to sort of see that culmination. And Tim Van Lu, what a guy! You know, one of the best guys I mean I've known in the industry. So uh, that was that's really cool. Um, what was sort of and again I guess it's sort of a redundant question since you mentioned Tim. Uh, what were some of the guys or girls along the way that had a really big impact on how you sort of became? again the head sports field manager and how you sort of conduct yourself as a field manager
1: um yeah just like supervisors along the way um you know that first golf course superintendent family friend like there's stuff that he you know passed along or I would say that that I like still remember to this day like working with Tim um you know, working yeah you know, working with Tim as part of the student staff and getting his advice and and when, you know, when he, I, I'll still call him, you know, occasionally sometimes for advice and like what to do in, in different situations. Um, and then Jamie Mayringer, uh, who started Jandy turf, like I lean on him still quite a bit, uh, you know, especially with this, the springing project, cause you know, he was the person that led the sprigging projects that we did the two that I was a part of, you know, in Indianapolis. So, you know, he was one of the persons I called like, Hey, um, do you think this is a good idea like bouncing ideas off him um but also um just like the director of facilities that we've had like um marcus Tattles, who is at northwestern but has gone to miami like you know he was good at like building confidence you know to like you know have confidence taking your ideas to administrators and, and explaining it to the rest of the department so like you know like you showed like you know what you're doing and you guys aren't here just as laborers and even my boss now like um Scott Airy just you know like see how he operates throughout the department and learn from him so just different you know peers throughout the industry or supervisors that they have like you know look to them for examples and you know ask them for questions and advice throughout the way
0: absolutely Um, and you sort of segued perfect into my next question. Uh, Obviously, you had to make decisions based on the needs of the athletic department. You know, Uh, well, we can't do this. We can do that. Um, And you made the best plan possible. What has it been like sort of to be a part of that athletic department and having those relationships with, say, the athletic director or one of the athletic directors over the certain sports? Um, What has it been like for you? sort of culminating that relationship and to have a positive workplace for you and your staff, like you said, we're way more than just laborers. Um, What has it been like developing those relationships in your time at Northwestern?
1: Yeah. I mean, I've worked to build a relationship with the coaching staffs for like the sports I work with the most so that they trust what we're doing and know that we'll get it done and do it in a way that they they expect. Um, Like, So baseball's in my background. So the baseball and softball staff are like the two. That's the easiest for me to have a relationship with because I, you know, I I did college baseball for a little bit. So I understand like what, like why they're doing fall ball, why they're doing this, why they're doing that. Like why, every every day is important to him <laughs> you know and in, in the groundskeeper's mind it's like what's well, october like it's, it's
0: <laughs> it is month. december like, why 5th is
1: why day? are we out here <laughs> yeah and even, yeah so and even like the i don't communicate with the lakefront sports as much but um just like understanding that every Board is, you know, that, that important to that team and that coach, and you need to do what you can to, to create like the best experience you can for them. Because um, like most college sports, like this is, this is like their highest level. So like it's, you know, showing them you want to create the best experience possible for them.
0: Absolutely. Um, I sort of wanted to discuss this with you, obviously being in Chicago and with the different extremes when it comes to temperatures and everything, what has been some of the most difficult aspects of managing fields up there? You know, we're, we're located in Northern Virginia. So it's kind of like we have both sides and it's way different in the sense of humidity, certain things you have the lakefront. There are so many aspects that you've already discussed. What has it been like for you to understand those hardships? And what would you say it's sort of maybe like the top three or four that have been uh, sort of those barriers that you've jumped over to be as
1: successful as you have been there? Um, I think it's just understanding or as I've I've been here now for five years and kind of getting an understanding of how the weather's gonna it is somewhat unpredictable on the lakefront but like there is still somewhat of a pattern that it follows and it just seems so like so the spring it's really slow to wake up and like well, it hits 55 degree soil temps in early April, but then we usually don't get to 65 until like late May. And even like this year, it was like super slow to wake up until like the week we sprigged, honestly. So, so like that hurdle, it's been figuring out how to get the softball field to like be green and be growing, you know, throughout that season. So, so that, um, you know, it, it looks good and plays well for them. I mean football. You know it depends on the year. Um, you know we we had a couple of years where like my second, and th- you know my first and my third year to here like a lake affects snow. Um, we had a lake effect snowstorm in in November the day before a Purdue game, and I was watching the news and it's like oh it's just going to be like a half an inch to an inch and it's going to be over thirty degrees. So I'm like okay it'll melt and then like. <laughs> <laughs> on friday it just starts coming down and next thing you know we have two inches of snow on the field and you're like um okay we thank you
0: mother off. nature
1: <laughs> but, uh, Right? so i mean thankfully that day uh the next like we we used the buffalo blower to, to blow the snow off but and then by the time we got to game time it was like in the upper 30s low 40s so it melted you know which was fortunate but but even like understanding we had a like, like this is a free cold week that we've had. We had one in November and then we got the warm, wet snow and then the temperature dropped to like the teens overnight. So, so we have a rain tarp and like, Nick, like I had been here for a few years, few years at that point. So it's like anticipating that's going to happen. So it's okay. We need a tarp to the field because we're going to have to plow it because we're going to get three to four inches of snow tomorrow and it's going to turn to ice. Um, Like that was the biggest challenge, honestly, like getting the, the, stadium ready for a game that week when it didn't get above freezing until friday and so so just learning the weather patterns throughout the years and understanding like when it's gonna when you're gonna have these issues and when it's it's primarily in the fall and spring like when it's like snow could stick around like i haven't run into you know i i knew why i was having chunking out issues with the humidity and like i feel good about that now with the bermuda And the bluegrass softball field that we have, like it's not an issue, but but it's usually like the fall and the spring when you can have like a freak snowstorm on like a April weekend or like an early November, like that. That's the biggest challenge.
0: Absolutely, I. God bless you because I couldn't do it. (laughs) Uh, I could not handle that much snow and making sure it's ready. So, Um, something that again I love asking people that come on is because again, there are so many different things that go on and specific to again, Northwestern and you, Um, what is it that has made you so passionate about work like this? You know, where, I mean, it is a daily grind and you're always working hard to ensure player safety and uh, you know, and making sure your crew's all set making sure they're good and health and everything. What has been sort of your driving force behind being a sports field manager?
1: It goes back to my days when, when I was playing sports and playing baseball, you know, in Quincy and around Quincy and in junior college, I didn't, I mean, the fields that I played on weren't very nice. So it was, I want to learn how to create a nice field, you know, for people to play on. Yeah, you know, because it was, you know, extremely rare, you know, if we got to play on like a nice field, striped up, remote short, or like had the right infield mix or didn't have a lip on built up on the infield. So, you know, that's, that's my driving force is I want to create like as nice a field I can for the people that are playing on it, because, you know, that's something I, you know, whenever you got that chance to play on a nice field, it was, you you know, you're like, this is big time. This is, you know, really cool. And, um, you know, it's, you know, your chance, you know, to provide that for the athletes that use the fields.
0: Absolutely. Um, with that, obviously we do a lot of work for student athletes and for that, uh, purpose of safety. Uh, have you been able to develop some really cool relationships with some of the athletes that have gone through Northwestern, uh, just to sort of in a sense give them an idea of who a sport who you are as a sports field manager and the work that you do to ensure again the best experience possible beyond safety and just sort of again when you talk about Saturday night at Northwestern it's a big deal you know it's not uh anything that people are going to be like oh okay like it's a result of you and your staff working hard and dedicated to creating the best service possible. Have you been able to make relationships with those student athletes that maybe go on to the NFL or on to higher level sports?
1: I mean, not personal relationships, like, like the players see us around working and they understand who we are and like what we're trying to accomplish and they'll thank us. But, um, not a lot of like personal relationships where they come back and, and like, you know, well, like tell stories. You know about their experiences and the professionals, um. So, and
0: gotcha, gotcha. Um, last couple of things. Uh, and you can say we're not gonna talk about it because you're not allowed to, or not. Uh, obviously the new stadium's coming in. Um, have you been privy to anything when it comes to your surface and everything that's gonna be going in for you? Uh, when it comes to again, I I didn't know what the number was, but it's millions and millions of dollars for that stadium. Um anything specific that you're aware of for the grounds crew?
1: I am, but I don't I'm not gonna comment on it because I don't totally fine. (laughs) Totally fine. I didn't wanna I didn't
0: wanna uh, say anything. I don't want to get you in trouble or anything. Anything that you're excited about? Uh not personal to that, but sort of seeing that growth in your programs and your facilities.
1: Just yeah, the opportunity to build a facility, you know, be a part of like building a stadium and you know, a new shop new equipment, et cetera, uh, like starting from scratch in a sense. I mean, we have a lot, like our shop is old. It's kind of an afterthought. We have a lot of old equipment. Um, So, you know, in that sense, it's cool to like, you know, someone start over and, and have a brand new space and get equipment that, get the right equipment that you need for that and set that space up correctly to run efficiently and be clean, organized, etc. Gotta love that. That's awesome. That's great. You guys are going to get that space.
0: Um, so we sort of wrap up on these last two questions, um, which again, uh, it's great to hear the different viewpoints and the experiences from sports field managers. Um, first, the... If there was one thing that you wish you knew, and again, it doesn't have to make anything better, easier, or whatnot for your career, but if there was one thing you wish you knew going into this industry, what would that one thing be and why?
1: Um, I mean, it, it's probably, it's taken a few years for me to like, you know, get to this point, figure it out, but it's, you know, eventually you have to understand you're making the best decisions or you're making decisions based on that organization. Like, you know, personally, like you wish that all these fields were natural grass or this and that. And we had all this other equipment, but like from the organization's point of view, you know, maybe it makes sense for them to do it this way than that. And you have to you know come to that viewpoint when you work for an organization that you eventually have to make those decisions for the organization's you know, based on what they want, instead of like what you, you know, personally, like what your personal goals are, you 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 kind of have to adjust. So you know, it's taken you know a few years to get to that point.
0: Absolutely, um, for students like mine in my program who are high school students who are looking to maybe go into this industry, uh, what would be your best words of advice for them? when it comes to moving forward and sort of pursuing a career in
1: sports field management? I would say, you know, go, you know, know, try an internship like in a different part of the country or a different area, get away from home, try out something different. I mean, I've only been in the Midwest, but, but still like Northern Michigan was different, a lot different than Quincy, Illinois, but like still like, You know, it it would have been cool maybe to go to California or the East Coast or try something different, and also, you know, try like different types of facilities. You you could try golf course, sports fields, and if you know within that, you could try like the high budget place that has everything. But then also, you need to see the other side of that, like the the sports field or the golf course doesn't have everything, and. You know, the first golf course I worked at, we would go out and we'd have, we'd like go out and f- figure out how to fix the irrigation heads, like out in the field, you know, be- with the parts that we had. Then we go to Arcadia Bluffs, but the head doesn't <laughs> work. You just rip it out and you put a new head in. Was like, I was like, wait, you- Gosh, this I- is amazing. <laughs> yeah, And even like, you know, from Northwestern to, to Iowa State, like, you know, Iowa State's like, uh, has a turf school. There, with like a little bit better equipment and like facilities to maintain the athletic fields, you know Northwestern's uh, you know not like it's like, <laughs> like just like the equipment and and the space that you have, the facility like the ground crew has a lot different than than that the, what Iowa State has or even like what Purdue has, which has a turf school. You know they're behind it, so you know just seeing those different different sides of it. Um, you know, can prepare you for, so when you get out in the field and, you know, maybe you don't have all the resources that you had when you were at the places for the internships and also like doing different internships, you know, you get different opportunities to try things. You know, when I worked at Arcadia Bluffs, I was spraying greens fairways and fertilizing fairways. And I think my like first day on the job, I was like fertilizing greens with an assistant superintendent but then I went to the Iowa Cubs and like I rarely mowed and I never sprayed. So like mm-hmm. all that spraying experience I got, like came from a golf course or, you know, a place where they're like, okay, intern go to this or <laughs> like, they're like, no, no, nobody wanted to spray teas because they're on cliffs. And it was like, okay, send the intern out to spray the teas because. <laughs> <laughs> go send the, cl- the intern off the cliff. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, that's
0: incredible. And I couldn't agree with you more on the, the going out and seeing different things, you know, and the different levels and the different budget types, you know, uh, it's something that I think is way under viewed, especially even like the kids who are intern programs now, they're all looking for that big job. They're all looking for the big internship, you know? Um, so I couldn't agree with you more on that. Um, but I want to thank you so much for taking the time today. Uh, it's been incredible talking to you. Uh, and I want to wish you best of luck with the winter ahead with the iron cutter. Uh, you heading out to Utah in the winter for S of Um,
1: I hope to, I haven't planned on it yet. Um, gotcha. But I hope to. Yeah.
0: Well, hopefully we'll see you out there. All right.
1: No. And yeah, thank you for having me. Um, like what you do with your high school tour programs, incredible. The podcast thank you is so incredible. Much. So I, you know, I've listened to a few episodes tons of good advice that, you know you can learn from that. So,
0: and thank you for being one of those people that provide it. So it's it's
1: truly I'm, I'm I can't thank you enough. Yeah, thank you.